Um, but he looks exactly like Santa. In, in, with, you know, he's got his elves. He's got his toys. He's got the reindeer, the fucked up looking reindeer. I don't know what they were, but they weren't reindeer. But they, and he had his sleigh. And then the underworld opened. Hell opened up. I think that's kind of like why Kramer's kind of smirked a little bit. It's like, you know, you're going to... I'm. You're going to die. He's like, I'm giving you an out right now, dude. You sure? But Max is like, since you're like, no. Like, nope. I, I want my family. And I think Kramer's like, okay. Well, I'm not giving them back. So it was either, you're, you're staying here or you're going in too. And he went in too. Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn. John here. I hope your holiday season is going well and that you are all staying safe. 2020 is almost done, and that means the holiday season, and that means, of course, holiday movies. This week, my sister Grace is my guest. Since her and I are both big horror fans, it seemed fitting to go ahead and talk about a holiday slash horror movie. So naturally, we landed on 2015's Krampus directed by Michael Doherty. This was a fun one. It has enough scares to be creepy, but just enough humor to make you chuckle a few times. It doesn't really go hard one way or the other, and it safely rides the middle. This is also pretty much the end of season one for Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn before we go into 2021, Guns Blazing. I do have one more episode left, which will be out very soon, and I want to thank everyone who has listened this past year. So let's close out this season. Put on your snow boots, fill your glasses with peppermint schnapps, and find your holiday spirit, and let's chat Krampus. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me Shirley. They caught a shark, not the shark. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. We're tonight's entertainment. This some serious gourmet shoot. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I you. You gotta do something or just stand there and bleed. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Here's Johnny! Alright, guys, welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Popcorn. It's John, and we are wrapping up 2020. We have a few episodes left. I think this might be the second to last episode but it's a very special one because I have a very special guest I'd like to introduce my sister Grace say hello Grace hello and Grace is going to join me today as we talk about Krampus 2015 horror slash Christmas movie directed by Michael Doherty as we all know who directed the amazing trick-or-treat so uh let's talk about it Grace let's do it so what what uh, what inspired you to pick this movie? As you know, is you being my guest for the first time, you know you love horror movies like I do. Why why Krampus was it? Because it's just, the holiday. The holiday. Mm-hmm. Well, Christmas. As of this recording, Christmas was Christmas, Christmas twenty twenty was yesterday. Yep. And uh, you know Krampus has taken this um, for me personally at least has taken this. Um, I don't know, like, like it's like this one of my newer, uh, gotta gotta have it for Christmas kind of a movie. Yeah. You know, I think about what movies are movies I always watch at Christmas time. I watch 
you know, Christmas Vacation, Die Hard, Home Alone. Oh my gosh. Any traditionals like The Grinch? Uh, Grinch, yeah. So, uh, but what is what is it uh, about Krampus? You know, and we'll get into the whole movie itself. But you know, why why Krampus for you? I, I get it's a holiday, but why of all movies, of all Christmas movies, of all horror movies? You know, why? Why? Uh, Tell me why. <laughs> well, again, like off the side, that it's like a horror Christmas movie and a good one at that, which there are not that many. It's very hard to do those kinds of films especially for the holidays, and make it actually good and watchable and addictive. But um, I've always kind of loved Krampus, honestly, if I'm going to be honest, ever since, you know, American Dad introduced me to him. And I kind of got, you know, a little bit more history behind him. He's just, inter- he's an interesting, you know, he's he's known as uh, uh, St. Nicholas's Shadow, and I, I never heard of him. I, I figured that it was something that American Dad had just made up. If I'm going to be completely honest, I thought they made him up. And then when I actually like looked him up, I was like, oh, wait, okay. He's like a real folklore. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I was uh, I was the same way as well. Like I never, I want to say I might have heard of Krampus. Like, like the, the idea of Krampus was like a thing. But like, I didn't know what, it's fine. She's also lighting her hookah. So her coals are being lit. Not bad. You're good. You know, hookahs are fun. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. You know, I've heard the idea of Krampus, but it wasn't until this movie came out and I watched it and I had really any kind of grounded idea of of, of the folktale and what it means and, and, you know, like the whole thing about um, Santa comes to reward, mm-hmm. but Krampus comes to punish. Right. And, you know, you think about, like, why a folk tale like this was even invented, you know, to so keep kids in line, you know, don't be bad otherwise. It's like the boogeyman, honestly. He's the boogeyman of Christmas in the sense that, you know, it teaches kids to be be good or Krampus will come get you or he'll punish you. Yeah, he, it's a cautionary tale. It's like, you know, it, well, in America, it's mostly for, um, for us, it's in America, it's, you know... The worst you'll get, you'll get is coals in your stocking, mm-hmm. which I love. So mm-hmm. I mean, you're lighting coals right now <laughs> for your hookah. So I mean, you probably encourage coals to be oh, gifted to you. But with that, you know, Santa is still at the end of the day. You know, Santa's still not. You know, at at worst, he's not really going to punish you. Mm-hmm. Krampus, he punishes like he he thoroughly, you know. Pulls on your pants and spanks yeah. your ass for being naughty, and or if you're really bad, he'll drag you to hell. <laughs> so I just thought about what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it's it's whatever. It's a. It is what it is. It's, it's a, the it, folklore. It's literally like spanking, I think it's like birchwood. I don't think spanking on the ass is folklore, but you know. <laughs> no, but they'll punish. You know, it's the general census, so we get we get it. Right. Um. So this movie. Came out in 2015. When when did you see it first? 2015. Did you see it in the theaters or did you no, see it? I wait. I don't go to the theaters anymore. So oh. yeah, I, I got it. As soon as it was available to me to buy, I bought it. Okay. And, you know, first viewing, you watched it. What was your, like, initial gut reaction? I didn't understand it. What didn't you understand? A lot of it. You know, um, 
I've noticed now that I've watched it like a million times, like I still notice things that I didn't notice before. But I, what was confusing to me about it was this, when I first saw it, I was still, I think, I believe actually it was that same year that I learned about Krampus and then a movie came out about Krampus. So I was still kind of learning about him. And when I first saw it, it, it was, I was like, what, what just happened? So it was just very, very serendipitous. It was. Just... Everything started pretty quickly <laughs> with him. And it was it was literally like you rip up a letter and then boom, there he is. And I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, hold on. What happened? What do we do? And okay, so, you you know, what's your big takeaway? What's your, um, well, we'll get the takeaways later. I don't want to get ahead of the, you know, put the cart ahead of the horse here. But um, what do you want to start? You want to start play by play? With yeah, the... let's start from the beginning because that was hilarious as hell. So the whole opening scene of Krampus reminds me of Shaun of the Dead. Really? How? Because what happens is, uh, like with Shaun of the Dead, you know, you have, uh, you see Mary in her normal human state, you know, doing the groceries. You see the people mm-hmm. on the street, you know, in their normal place, and then you see it's kind of like that same thing that they do in Krampus, and it's like, this is what people do on the holidays. This is normal for holidays, but it was hilarious to me because I. It's not at all what I see during the holidays, at all. I don't see that. That's like, it's very like, yeah, the whole people trampling over each other. Dramatic. Yeah, it's played up definitely, yeah. and um, but I think the whole idea of it was, you know, have this send up this this amplification of consumerism and how greedy Americans can be and how shitty we can be to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I was kind of reminded more of, like, that movie Jingle All the Way when they're trying to chase after that Turbo Man doll, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. <laughs> you remember that movie? Uh, I've never seen it, but that sounds hilarious. you never seen Jingle All the Way? Okay. Mm-mm. Not a big Christmas movie person. Huh. Really not. Interesting. But Krampus is okay. It's horror. Of course it is. Okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> well, it's the only reason I watched it. Well, in that, movie, it, that movie is basically the first two minutes of Krampus, but the whole way through mm-hmm. in, in, in short. But, um, but basically over the credits, we know we see this, this whole gang of people trampling over each other, crushing each other to buy this, to buy that, to do all, to do all these things and just to get gifts. And so it's like basically slapping consumerism back in our face, mm-hmm. which is very like a much, very much like um, the older zombie films, like uh, Land of the Dead or Day of the Dead, the, uh, um, Dawn of the, the Dead. Dead. I was about to say. Okay. Um, well, Day of the Dead too, but you know, Dawn of the Dead ex- exclusively dealt more with consumerism. And so I think the the importance of the opening scene of the credits of of people fighting over stuff, it what it is, it's it's showing us from the jump the dwindling of the Christmas spirit. Yeah. And why uh, what's the little boy's name? Max. Max. I, I was gonna call him call him Max anyway. That's why Max is so like, you know, he's so heartbroken when they get home. He's so like, oh man, people suck. Why does everyone? Why doesn't everyone want to just celebrate Christmas? Why is Why is everyone so mean? And you know, and like it's and his mom hangs up that photo of the family photo with Santa and the Santa's checking out his sister's, his sister's ass. ass. Yep. It's very cringy and creepy and. Oh my and, god. You know, it, but it, it's it, but it sets the tone, and this movie was was kind of criticized for its tone from from some people, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I think it set the tone very, 
very sharply immediately. Very blunt. And it's like this is not gonna. It's gonna be a. It'll be funny, but it won't be happy. Mm-mm. And this movie isn't really happy at all. Um, if anything, it's kind of hard to watch if if you're looking at it through, you know, a, a sensitivity towards our culture and how we appreciate or depreciate um, our human connection because we value, you know, over uh, we value items and things over compassion and which is not the absolute truth in the real world but it's like again this movie is like that reflective lens back into society of how that's how we can be Mm -hmm. and how that how that destructive nature can influence a young boy to be so distraught on top of his shit family that comes to visit he's just like just done with christmas yep and that's what starts all of this and that's what draws in krampus mm-hmm. what do you want to say well I, i'm looking at my notes and i wrote down on that second line when they first get home after they bring home max from the fight that mm-hmm. he had at the play and i wrote down typical distracted family cliche so what in a you- sense that dad's always working Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what his mom was doing. Oh, it was uh, fixing up the house because her sister was coming. Uh, sister doesn't give two fucks about him at all and just says, you know, go fuck yourself, essentially. And then the only one that he has there is his grandma. Because, you, you know, you see that a lot in movies, that you see that one person that is just right there with him. Like, everybody else can be, you know, the closest people to him, like his mom, his dad, his sister, can be completely distracted, but then he has that one saving grace and that is that's his grandmother in this movie and i just that's why i wrote that down because it was it was so cliche to see that because you see that in a lot of movies and they display that a lot when it comes to horror or you know a a a beginning to something for something bad to happen i hear you but i also think that that is necessary that's good character development for max because you know you gotta think about max his character, his character's like emotional state is compounded by the fact that dad's gone a lot. Yeah, it's showing Max. It, it's showing us where Max is at the moment. Yeah, and he's very just like bitter and mm-hmm. upset. He's very jaded by you know this Christmas season. It just seems like he keeps okay. Which line he says, but basically, it's like every season it kind of gets a little worse. Yeah. You know, his dad's working. His mom's very trying to keep up with whatever trends are happening. His sister is a teenager. She's older. She's into her friends and her boyfriend, her, her thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, and really that dynamic between her sister and Max is, well, I haven't, I, I, I hear your point about it being cliche, but also it feels like that specific dynamic is also very true in real life where the sibling, the older sibling is kind of growing apart because they want to have their own identity and have their own friends, and the yeah. younger sibling's like, well, what about me? And they want to come along for the ride. And the, right. And the older sibling's like... I remember being that sibling. <laughs> <laughs> Not with me, though, right? You were, No, you were deployed. Oh. I couldn't... But with Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah is our other sister. She's not here right now. Mm-mm. But she is younger than I, but older than She's Grace. the middle child. That's also another way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Omi, his grandmother, mm-hmm. is basically his only anchor. She's a very nice, kind, old, sweet lady. 
She's making cookies. She's doing kinds of nice things. Speaking German. Yeah, I kind of liked... I was... Uh, <laughs> I always kind of liked how when movies do this where a certain person will... um. Um, be able to speak a foreign language and that's all they speak in but the person is speaking in English that they're talking to mm-hmm. and like replying to them in English and more so it's for us the audience to kind of like not have to read so many subtitles because people are lazy so it's kind of I kind of wish that I know Adam Scott later in the movie speaks a little bit of German to his mother but it w- would have been kind of nice to see like Max or his sister or somebody also like reply in German real quickly just so there's right. like just so we kind of establish that you know okay so she speaks in German most of the time and they understand her but this is how they understand her because we understand that we understand that they know and can reply back to German mm-hmm. you know what actually I found um I had to just just look this up because I didn't even put two and two together but um the Krampus folklore actually originated in Austria. I have them down already. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't put together is that Austria, they speak German. Yes. And I just like the way that that kind of connected for me that, you know, she's speaking German. Her first experience Mm -hmm. with Krampus was in Germany. Or, or I don't know where actually where she was from, but... Germany. Probably Germany. Well, the whole uh, Krampus folktale came from the Austria and Germany, like, backgrounds. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's very, like, kind of uh, uh, appropriate yeah. that the grandmother, that Omi is speaking German. And, I, I mean, I like her because she seems the most grounded, but also she also has, like, this little wink in her eye. Like, she's, like, onto something. Mm-hmm. She knows what she's talking about. She's very wise. Most grandmothers tend to be very wise. Um, well, we hope so. <laughs> and, uh... So what, what else what else did you write down? That was pretty much the only thing um, non-related to the movie. Just like, t- you know, typically just about the, you know, cr- uh, he's also known as uh, the Christmas devil who punishes mm-hmm. naughty kids, originated in Austria folklore and a pagan celebration of winter solstice. And that's how this kind of all started in that time and frame. The rest is about the movie. Um, like one of the things... During this watching, that when we m- most recently watched it, one thing I had never heard the daughter say when she was on that Skype video in her bedroom, I never noticed she said this. She goes, Mom pops Xanax, uh, or Mom is popping Xanax like crazy or something like that. I've never heard that. But she said it, and it threw me off. Why is that Why is that important? I'm, I don't know. I just, I heard it, and I just figured I'd say something about it, because I'm like, I've never heard that. Out of I, the many times I've watched this, I've never I, heard that. It, well, you could kind of tell, like, because of the mom, Tony Collette, who plays the mom, did a great job, because she's she always nails it, man. She has, like, this, uh, this you can tell a sense of her neuroticism because of all her anxiety before her family shows up. Which, tell, which kind of leads you to believe that maybe she grew up in an environment that was really stressful. Mm-hmm. And she's very anxious. And so, on top of that, having, like, you could, their whole house is, like, very much, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Everything's very nice. Everything's mm-hmm. really clean. Everything's really pristine. I mean, granted, it could be just because it's the holidays and you're presenting for folks and guests. But even then, like, the house just seems very well put together. Mm-hmm. And... You know, that might stem from her upbringing, which we can only infer about. We don't really know 
doesn't really go that deep. But again, that also stresses that also is a stressor that adds to Max's Max's problem. You know, dad's busy, dad's mm. a workaholic, mom's neurotic, sister's a douchebag. <laughs> and he's like, at least I have my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And then we have, oh my God, <laughs> the family that no one wants. I'm sorry, I, I hate this whole side of the family that shows up. Mm-hmm. The the uncle, the aunt, the, two, the three, the four kids. Jesus. I hate all those kids. Except for the baby. The baby did nothing wrong. Baby's cool. Baby's chill. And then that Aunt Dorothy. Oh, my God. Oh, she, she was a... Piece of work. She, I, uh... You know, I again, like, this is a few critiques I have for Krampus. I do like it overall. But a critique I have about Krampus is, like, it goes out of its way to really make you not like people. Mm-hmm. And to the point where it's almost like... Uh, it's almost like it's unbelievable how um, how some people can be, like... Like, an unbelievable moment for me is when they're at the dinner table and they're eating dinner, and the one, the, the boy that doesn't speak ever, mm. the curly haired kid, yep. is chubby. He's like guzzling that two liter of like Mountain Dew. Oh, that pissed me rip off. off. It, well, not, that, that, I mean, that didn't piss me off. That it was just like, off. that's like, that's kind of disgusting. But no, it was like, uh, what's that guy's, the actor's name who plays the dad? He's been in a lot of movies. Funny as hell. Uh, he was like, that's my boy. That's my boy. I'm like, dude, that's nothing nothing to be proud of. No. Like, you just, I really just hate you more now for encouraging this disgusting behavior. And. No and wonder the kid looks brain dead, too. <laughs> but, and also when, when the, the girl with glasses, um, David Ketchner, that's his name. Okay. He plays the, the, the redneck dad. Mm-hmm. Um, um, fun fact, fun fact. So. Max's sister in the movie mm-hmm. and the girl with glasses, his cousin, they're both sisters in real life. Oh, oh yeah. Lolo Owen and Stefani mm-hmm. Lovey Owen. Yeah. I actually never knew that. That's funny. I didn't know that either. Um, but what I was saying is at the dinner table and the girl with the glasses, mm-hmm. I'm going to call her glasses, she snatches the note, and she and her, but Max's sister keeps stopping him from, like, she doesn't try to grab the note herself. She, mm-hmm. like, she knows it's embarrassing for Max, and she doesn't try to intervene or stick up for her brother Mm-mm. it's like and i and i get why because they're trying to create tension right they're trying to start something and the sister's like no don't start anything well no, i mean like the movie's trying to create tension oh and right. and i mean like you know and of course we have to like hear what max writes he writes about how you know he wants his mom and dad to be more um you know more well connected as a couple mm-hmm. he wants his sister and himself to hang out like they used to. Mm-hmm. He wants uh, the the cousins and the uncle and aunt, their family, not to have such a hard time next year. So it's like a very like a tender, like you know, empathetic note. It's and not a selfish note at all. Not like a one bit. Kid that you would think. No, it's not like I want all the new video games and all right. the other shit. He's like, no, I want everyone to be happy. He wants like it's like a very loving note, and and we have to hear that. So everyone else can kind of feel like shit for dumping on him, for mm-hmm. one. But also amplifies where Max's spirit for Christmas was. And because of everything that we've already talked about so far in this episode, how much that crushes that great spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting. It's like, that's what that's what, what brings Krampus out when like someone who's this genuine 
and heartfelt and good spirited as Max is. You know, he has all this, he's just like two, his heart's two sizes too huge, like the Grinch, right? Or the Grinch revised, I should say. Yeah. The anti Grinch. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh man, like this is what I want. I want all this great stuff to happen for my family because I love them, I care about them. It makes me happy. Like, that's already a step above most human beings. Mm-hmm. Let alone a child. Let alone a young boy, for mm-hmm. sure. And that gets taken away. That, that, and that, like, that paradigm shift of this level of, of um, happiness down to this descent into... Terror. And, well, descent into nothing. Like, he, isn't, he yeah. wants nothing to do with it anymore. That seems to be, like, what it takes to, like draw out Krampus because it's like man that, something must really be wrong I'm coming over I'm Krampus and I brought all my toys to play with and I, something confuses me about that because you know you have that the generic folklore of Krampus you know he punishes the bad children right. but you know he catches you know when Max, er, Max tears up that note and sends it out that's not a bad kid he's a very good kid so what confused me a lot in like uh, when I first watched it, is I'm like, well, then why are you coming? He's not a bad kid, you know. Um, you know why his letter? Why did that summon you? Because that was a decent letter. I'm wondering maybe if he came because of the general consensus that Max was. He knew where Max was. He knew where the family was versus where Max was, in a sense of emotion and and the spirit of Christmas. So I don't think he was necessarily following the folklore in this movie about punishing children, but punishing the family for hurting the child the way that they've done uh, spiritually or emotionally through the holiday i mean that's good that's a good question because like because you you'll notice max was taken last Mm -hmm. yeah um at the end of the movie but you know either way krampus he was let out the box so to speak and he wasn't he wasn't taking any prisoners well he was but you know i mean he was he wasn't gonna spare anybody right and, you know, when we, we get to the point where Omi has her, her little backstory, I actually love the animation during Omi's backstory. I thought it was really well done. Really? I said I hated it. <laughs> I loved it. Really? Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, um, later. You know, of course, she, she gets spared. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gets, why she gets spared? She gets spared so she can tell exposition to the audience mm-hmm. about why, you know, she can give background on Krampus, um, which is, it's fine. Um, but that's it, a good point. Like, you know, Krampus didn't come just to get punished one person. You punish the family. He punishes, he punishes fucking everybody. Mm-hmm. Looks like it. The, then the whole neighborhood yeah. was destroyed. And I mean, so that's, that's a very, you know, if you, if you really put in the context of human emotional trauma and pain and think about what Max is probably feeling. You know, that is damaging. Mm-hmm. And everyone in this family is, except for the baby, I'll say. Obviously. <laughs> and Omi, really, are culpable. They're, mm-hmm. they're all to blame in some shade of, of where, what, what led Max to the point where he said, the fuck, fuck this letter, I'm going to rip it up, and I want nothing to do with it. Yep. And... And you know, I, I, when you said, you know, he doesn't, you know... Max was taken last. Max wasn't going to be taken. He asked to be taken. He said, don't take her, take me. 
He said, give me my family back. Take me. He was going to leave them. He left them the bell and everything. But we'll get back to that later on, obviously. I just so, wanted to jump that real quick. So, I mean, so we get the idea, we get the old impetus of why Krampus shows up. You know, Max is, you know, we just, we just talked all about that. But now, um, you know, because of the family dinner, because of, you know, Aunt Dorothy crapping on everything and the redneck family, I'm going to call them the, the redneck family because that's just the easiest way to <laughs> identify who I'm speaking about. And we have all these people pulling their, these punches here and there, doing these things. And the storm hits after Max rips up the note. Yep. Blizzard started out of nowhere, power outage across the whole neighborhood. And, like, it's, like, it's torrential. It is unforgiving. It is a severe storm. And for <laughs> I know it's because the movie says this has to happen. But they, they let Max's sister go out to go down the oh street to the boyfriend. Like, one... No. no. Two double no. Like, no. everyone in the real world, that would never have happened. Never. But uh, we had to set up, we had, we did, did that because we had to set up what the, um, of uh, what capabilities Krampus has. Mm-hmm. So we see like the, the, her getting jumped at the, um, at the truck. She gets taken away. And then later on when um, the, the dad and redneck dad, I'm going to forget the names of the characters. Adam Scott and David Ketchner go out there to go find her. And we see the severity of, like, you know, the houses being destroyed. We see, like, the hoof prints of Krampus have, had gone through mm. whatever house. We we see, like, all this damage. And, like, there's no daughter. There's nope. no boyfriend. Nope. They're all taken. So, and they, and they had to, like, you know, get back to their own house. And they get attacked. And like their truck breaks, down. it's like a whole you know setup of like what damages and death they're facing, and it's it's very like very quick and punchy and doesn't really drag, and it was good, you know, because this movie is also kind of critiqued not just for its tone like I earlier mentioned, but also for its pacing. I thought it was paced pretty well. It wasn't too long of a movie. This movie was barely an hour and forty minutes. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they're maybe talking about the when he coming. I mean, when as soon as that storm hit, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the daughter went out. She's like, okay, I gotta go check on my boyfriend. God forbid he's, you know, could be hurt or maybe he's got power, or whatever, to see her boyfriend. Right. And then, you know, it all starts actually with her because she sees him on the roof. Mm-hmm. And then he yes. starts jumping, and she goes under the truck, sees a little jack in the box, and then is boom, she's gone. And that yes. was within like the first thirty minutes of the dang movie. Yeah, you know, it was it was pretty pacing was pretty spot on. Like mm-hmm. we um we established the family, we established the dynamic with the family and the visiting with the aunt and uncle, mm-hmm. and then boom, 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 a couple of conflicts happen. Krampus comes. Yep, and then. Then we're off to the races. You know, we see where, you know, the weather is impacting the the power, yeah, the travel capabilities. Then we're seeing, you know, how they can't get out, and all of a sudden, like evil snowmen start appearing outside, yep. and we always so they start boarding, hoarding themselves in, boarding themselves up inside the house. Omi starts getting obsessive about that fire too. Keep the fire hot. Keep the fire hot. And 
pretty sound advice. Um, My take on that next would be everything pretty much is going downhill in regards to, you know, Krampus is here, his minions are here, he's going to start, you know, raising hell. And then we get kind of the the story of Omi and yeah, I think that was actually after the first attack that Omi tells a story. And I believe the first attack was when um, wasn't it the gingerbread man coming down coming down the chimney the chimney luring the curly-headed chubby mm-hmm. boy who just can't say no nope and well also David Ketcher's character is like I'll stay a watch and then Shepard's gotta protect this flock and falls he... right asleep yeah so foreseeable <laughs> of course <laughs> um so uh, that happens uh, they're trying to pull him back out of course it doesn't work uh, and then the the mom, the sane mother, I should say, uh, sees the demon gingerbread man. <laughs> it's completely petrified. Once they realize, obviously, now he's gone, there's no way of pulling him back. She comes out of the fireplace, backs up, and is just like, what the fuck did I just see? All the while, the Christmas tree catches Burn. fire, burns. Max has to go get the fire extinguisher. You know, just a lot of chaos happening in one moment, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it's kind of like one of the charms of this of this film is because it's like I I look at Krampus now, and we see all the zany stuff happen, and and like some of this imagery in this film with these attacks are pretty terrifying, mm-hmm. like the boy getting lured, getting dragged up the chimney when later on when the daughters get swallowed up in the caterpillar. You know, we, we think about those packages, like you like you were talking about uh, off camera about or off uh, uh, off the air. We're talking about the um, those packages, those mysterious packages that arrive right as the blizzard starts, mm-hmm. or, or the next morning rather, and they don't know where they're from, but they're basically their little Trojan horses from Krampus. Yep. And his little minions coming <laughs> to cause hell. And like they're. They're so silly. It's like the flying angel with like the evil face and like the war- wicked tongue and the little, you know, even the little gingerbread men that uh, <laughs> attack him in the kitchen with the <laughs> nail gun, you know. But it reminds me of another great Christmas classic, Gremlins. Where it. You've never seen Gremlins? I know. I hear it about it all the time. Chris loves that movie. Oh, my God. Never seen it. Okay, you should watch Gremlins. Right. You might not know what I mean by this, but like, there's some really creepy, sick moments in Gremlins where it's like, is this a kids' film? Is this okay for kids? And it's really not. Right. And Krampus is like, Krampus walks that very fine line, where it's definitely not for kids. No. But it's not too hard. Where it's there's blood and there's obvious deaths. Like, we see people get dragged away. We don't right. really see people die. Mm-mm. Um, and I think that's one of the little tricks it pulls. It's like you don't really know; you just know that they're gone. Like we never see what happens to the daughter, nope. uh, or rather Max's sister. Mm-mm. People just get dragged away; they get pulled down un- under the under the snow. Have you ever seen the movie Tremors? Mm-hmm. Tremors is this movie with giant worms in the desert that are under the underground, and okay, and yeah, they, and they and pull people under, they pull people under. And that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was watching this movie. Was like. People are like walking around and then in the snow and they get dragged or they're like 
get dragged through the snow, like when he's like being pulled back mm-hmm. and forth, like in Jaws. <laughs> it reminded me completely of Jaws when I saw that scene. And uh, but you know, back to these attacks, you know, you know, first the little boy gets pulled up, and then we get this whole, oh, this whole anim- animated expositional scene where Omi goes over the backstory of Krampus and. It's very interesting. It, you kind of it's it's built into the story to explain to us, especially us, you know, us Americans who just like you and I, who had no idea what Krampus was, kind mm-hmm. of like a more or less watered down version of the folktale, and just just enough to give context on why Krampus is here now. And it's it's I liked it. I know you, you were telling me you didn't really care for it, but at least maybe I don't know if you didn't care for the use of it or just how it looked. How it looked. Okay. But, I mean, either way, I think it was serviceable. Yeah. And... Definitely served a a valid point and a validation to her family members that, yes, this happened. This is real. This is not a joke. But it also is a good, uh, you know, closing the loop on Omi's, kind of her character development, how we see her always kind of like... If you watch this movie again and you watch Omi's expressions over certain things that happen, even before... Krampus shows up just mm-hmm. with the chaos of the family coming over and the mis- she has like an oh shit but a wise oh shit look on her eyes like if you watch her eye eye movements and motions I, I was I would say something like it was like she always has like this smirk so like like almost like you little shits don't know how good you have it mm-hmm. and, yeah. and that's kind of what I was taking I took away from it and um, and then like when Krampus comes home to roost She's like, well, oh, here we go again. And she actually, when when she was speaking German about that, when he first showed up, and because uh, the family's still trying to figure out what's going on, she says, "It's our fault. It's your fault." She, she flat out that. said, "It's your fault for uh, for the reason that this happened." And it, you know, it kind of reflects back, you know, to the beginning of the movie of you know all the shit that happened. You know, the the two bitch sisters, the ridiculous oompa loompa boy. <laughs> and then the bitchy sister, and then of course the parents being so distracted and not uh, really paying attention to the, the meaning of Christmas and, and the, the spiritual. Uh, I don't know how to put that. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes, the, like the significance of Thank the you. holiday and and why we celebrate it. And yeah, so when we backpedal as a, as a people, we backpedal on what this holiday season is meant to meant to give us. Give us this gift of reinvigorating our human spirit and our human connection. And we kind of spit in the face of that. That's mm-hmm. Krampus like, okay, well, then it's open open game. Yeah. Um, Let me show you how bad it can get. And and it's a, it's a fun way to show, like, the, uh, the antithesis to what Santa Claus is. Where Santa Claus is this, you know, jolly old fat guy who's spreading Christmas cheer. And he's, you know, he's just, he's, just a, he's a happy guy go lucky guy it's a good time with santa claus and krampus is like the party pooper mm-hmm. and but he looks let's talk about how good he looks i love the way that they had him i, I love it i read on i read up a little bit about it how uh the final version of krampus that we see on film is essentially the amalgamation of every interpretation of Krampus throughout the years so they kind of just kind of Frankenstein something together yep. you know with the hoofs to the look of his face to the horns the claws everything 
And it looks so neat. It looks awesome. I uh, I was so envious um, the year that uh, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights put on a Krampus house. I didn't go that year. And Danny, she sent me some photos. She, because she didn't like really like Krampus. She didn't. She didn't really like this movie too much. But she knew that I did. I did. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool of her. She's like, "Hey, they really did a good job in the house." She sent me some photos, and uh, man, I just loved how we looked. That's another I thing. Loved it. That's another thing I really like about this movie is, you know, even like all the uh, <laughs> evil things, the creep, the elves, the the uh, the monsters, all the little minions of Krampus are all like really fun to look at. Yeah, it's like, and and they serve both Halloween and christmas that's what i love the most yeah they emulate christmas but they also emulate horror all wrapped up into one yeah um i have i have to boast about uh his eyes in particular when those were shown let's talk talk about his eyes that the goat eyes those small horizontal slits when i saw that i was like oh my god they they really put the krampus that is originated from the folklore into effect here. You know, the devil of Christmas. He, the, the, the goat man. Because, you know, if you think about it, I'm going to go a little uh, off here for a minute with these goat eyes. Because what that simulates to me, being a supernatural person, um, being really deep into the paranormal and the supernatural, when I think of goat eyes, I think of devils, demons, and... He's known as the Christmas Devil. He's got the hooves like a devil would. And I just love how they emulated, you know, the devil part of him, including those eyes, the tongue, like the, the serpent's tongue. It wasn't forked, but, you know, it still gave the same purpose. But the hooves, everything, it, it made me smile, actually, when I saw it. Because I was like, oh, my God, he's perfect. He is the perfect little Krampus I've ever seen. And, uh... I think it's a testament back to let's talk about the director for a second like Michael Doherty um I'm gonna be honest the only other work I've hit of his I've seen is has been trick-or-treat love it. and I love, love trick-or-treat quick plug I did a uh, guest spot over at two guys and some horror on their show and those two guys they were so welcoming so so warm and they just love horror just like I do just like you do Grace mm-hmm. and we just all three of us relished over uh, uh, how how fun, how well done Trick or Treat was. The one edge that Trick or Treat has on Krampus is this is this is with me fully understanding that how high in esteem I have Krampus amongst my Christmas repertoire of movies to watch mm-hmm. is that Trick or Treat is like you know has this hook of I need to rewatch it all the time because I feel every time I see and we talk about this on their show every time I watch Trick or Treat I find something new mm-hmm. there's there's so much happening and Krampus doesn't have that same draw because not because it's it's a lesser film but because it's it's structured very linearly um, that's the word right linear linear it's more linear, linear. In, in its in its, in its, it's very, in its structure instead of like a, a circular clock of, of mm-hmm. different stories like Trick or Treat was. Yeah. Uh, it's very to the point. Yeah, Krampus is very much. Very much to the point. A, B to C, and yeah. And, and There's not much done. you can really miss unless you're you're gonna miss 
things that people say that you didn't catch before. I mean, that's like literally the only thing, but everything else is pretty much in your face, obvious, what's going on. There's not much you can miss. And I gotta say, like, what I like the most about Krampus, I'm gonna ask you the same question here in a minute, but what I like most about the Kramp about Krampus was um, how everyone that was involved seemed like they were having a good time, and that sh paid off. You know, the cast looked like they were having a blast. Like, I really loved the performances from Tony Collette and Adam Scott mm -hmm. and Little Max. I forget the little guy's name, the actor, but um, he was actually he's actually 17 now. Oh wow! I know. Well, this is like a five-year-old movie so he was about 12 or so then so that makes sense you know and people grow up uh even david keshner and the whole redneck family like you're supposed to hate them right oh, right and and you you do because they're just, just awful asinine oh my god i kicked them out of my house in like less than 2.5 seconds um and you know the effects of krampus like the the how he looks like we already just talked about and how everyone all the demons look really just fun and you know, because it, it, it also flirts with this whole B-movie with some of the effects, which is, mm -hmm. I kind of like that. It's it's not over-the-top CGI. It's a lot a lot of practical effects are done, and that gives it a more grounded and, uh, aesthetic, and I can really appreciate that. But uh, what, what are the things that you like most about Krampus? Well, Krampus, once and for all, I, fuck, I fucking love him. He's awesome. Um... There's a lot of things that I, I think I could say that I really love about this movie. Uh, one being that it's an actual Christmas movie that I could I could watch on replay. I can't watch a lot of Christmas movies on replay. So I love the fact that it, uh, it was done in such a way that, like I said before, it got to the point. It was very blunt. There's not much you could miss. And in the sequence right. of events, they happen, they happen quick, but they don't. In a, in, a, in, a, in a way that, um, you know, the daughter gets taken. It takes a minute before she can get taken. She's walking down the street for a very long time before she gets taken. So she you know something's coming. You can feel it, that ominous feeling that you get, that foreboding, uh, you know, being that it's freezing, the blizzards, the snowmans. But I, I just love everything. I don't really think I have a specific favorite part about this movie, except for seeing Krampus's eyes. What are, what's something about, about this movie? And we'll and we'll and we'll answer this question. and We'll kind of like jump to the end of, of the film. But what's something about Krampus that maybe is not your favorite, or you could do without? Honestly, nothing. Nothing is like a perfect film. He no. Mm -mm. Oh well, I, I guess the animation part of Omi Story. Like I wish that was more live action than what like you know with real people. Like we can actually see that rather than an animation. That's something that I wish I would have seen differently. I mean, oh, and, and, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> part still cracks me up when, uh, Omi is, uh, there are, you know, the elves just came in and invaded and took the Aunt Dorothy, chucked her out the window and mm -hmm. took the baby and, uh, you know, they all leave the house because Krampus is coming and everyone's like, okay, let's go to the door. Let's get our jackets. Let's leave. Let's go to the snow plow. And so they're going to the front door. Mind you, that window is still busted open. So they go to the front door, grab their jackets, leave out the front door. Omi's like, you know what? I need to stay here and face Krampus. It's my time. So she closes the door, boards it up, and they are like, no, Omi. And they're banging on the door. And I'm like, y'all, stop banging on the door. Just go around the corner. 
go to the window. I wonder if, uh, if you know, I thought about that scene. I wonder if they were even able to like really get back in though, because there's a lot of debris, a lot of stuff in the way. Possibly. And plus, I think also it was more about Omi kind of sacrificing herself as a distraction or diversion to get them more time. Um, but also begs the question, like, how much did she know what would happen? Did she did she know enough to know that they couldn't escape? And I mean, I think I think not. But it seems like Omi knew more than she was telling. It but, did seem like that. But why? But why she didn't say what more she knew? I I wouldn't begin to fully Grasp. assume. Yeah. Um. But you know what? How do you feel about? Again, another critique about this movie that I didn't think was well deserved, as far as a critique was, actually kind of liked this ending. Yeah, like this was the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, How did you feel about the ending? I thought it was. Uh, at first, I, I really didn't understand it, it because you know he just threw him. He was going to spare him, and then Max, you know, pretty much just like sacrificed his whole life. And what I initially thought about the ending was confusing. Now that I've watched it a few more times, I, I love it. I think it's very, um, you know, Krampus tries, tries to, he gave him the bell that Omi had. He tries to spare him like he did Omi. And then Max was just like, absolutely fucking not. I want my family back, you know, take me. And so he not only takes a family, but then he takes him as well. But I, I loved everything about the end scene. Everything about the end scene in the forest when they, they take the, the redneck daughter. I don't remember her name, unfortunately. I think it, I don't even know. I'm going to try. Um, but he looks exactly like Santa. In, in, with, you know, he's got his elves. He's got his toys. He's got the reindeer, the fucked up looking reindeer. I don't know what they were, but they weren't reindeer, but they, and he had his sleigh. Mm-hmm. And then the underworld opened. Mm-hmm. Hell opened up. And they were going to throw her down there. And he's like, don't do it. Just don't do it. So I think the big difference is, you know, Omi didn't fight for her no. family and people, mm-hmm. her village, whoever, whoever it was, all that was attacked and taken to hell during her backstory, where Max is like, I would rather be with my family. Right. And I think that's kind of like why Kramer's kind of smirked a little bit. It's like, you know, you're going to, I'm, you're going to die. He's like, I'm giving you an out right now, dude. You sure? But Max was like, since you're like, no, like, nope. I, I want my family. And I think Kramp's like, okay, well, I'm not giving them back. So it was either, you're, you're staying here or you're going in too. And he went in too. Yeah. And, you know, I really like that. that um, I like the shot or the series of shots during the end when they're in, when he, when he wakes up and everyone's kind of in a good mood. The family's all back. The sister's back. Everyone's back. Mm-hmm. And Max is like, "Oh, this is this is great. Everyone's having a good time." And then he gets the 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 Krampus bell, mm-hmm. and like everything everything starts wafting back over him. Everybody and their else seems to start remembering it. Is what it looks like. You get all those voiceovers of all the nasty stuff they were saying, and it's like, and it it makes me wonder, like, what would the ultimate hell be? than being stuck with people you don't really want to be around forever. <laughs> you know, you think, and not only are they stuck, but they're like stuck forever in this little snow globe. And that's like, do they ever get hungry? Can they get more food? Like what's the, what, what happens? 
and does a baby ever grow up? You know. I wonder if it's on a loop. You know, it's gotta be. I, yeah. I can I can only imagine. But you know, and but it's a good capstone to this story because it's both ties back in the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of gets this Christ, the Christmas spirit back, albeit for uh, a couple seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in a way, Max kind of gets what he wants. Mm-hmm. He got his family back, but he died having to do it. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of weird. Like, we keep saying they died, they died, but... And we see them get thrown into hell, but we don't... I mean... Do they really? Do they really die? And I... I I'm curious to know if there's a way they could come back out again. Because if they're not dead, then that can happen. Right. Because um, it seems like kind of just dark. Like, like how who was Krampus? The anti... He, just because he's anti-Santa Claus, does that give him... The authority to kill. Authority to kill a whole lot... Like a whole neighborhood of people? Probably not. So I'm, I'm going to like bank on the idea that maybe they're just stuck. Yeah, it's like kind of like a purgatory kind so of it's thing. It's like a Groundhog Day. They get up every day is the same day, which is hell itself. Right. And maybe through some act or some 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 sort of catalyst, we'll pull them back out and they can get back to normal lives. I don't know. It kind of makes me think that, you know, if that's the case, then you know, their whole, they're just on hold. Their whole neighborhood is just pause on hold. Like the whole, because it, if it's, you know, if it's that way, you know, A, where are the bodies? Right. And then, secondly, if they do get out, how are they going to explain for, you know, a lapse in time? Well, I guess the assumption would be if they were in a loop, they would come back right where they were left off. That makes sense. Um, I assume. But also, you, when, they, when we see it pan back from the family in the snow globe, we see all the other snow globes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it looks like he's been in business for a while. Yeah. And thousands of years. And so he might not be keen, so keen to give up his, his possessions. Um, so it was a fun, like, kind of, kind of a cautionary tale on keeping the Christmas spirit. Uh, I mean, everyone kind of understands that, you know, Krampus is like this, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's like this holiday boogeyman. And he's a little guy, like a, you know, he's got a bigger, bigger, he casts a bigger shadow than Santa does as far as keeping kids accountable to good behavior and, you know, doing what they got to do. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about, let's talk, let's talk ratings. Okay. So given that this is my, this is now in my top 10 amongst all the Christmas movies that have ever been released that I have seen. And I've seen a bunch of them. This made into my top ten, which I oh. wasn't expecting to happen. No. Um, if you're listening, my last episode, the episode before this, was a Christmas-specific episode, and Krampus is in there. Spoilers. Yeah. And, you know, and it's because it has this extra shade to it. It's an extra little oomph being a horror movie, kind of like Gremlins does. And Well, not kind of. Gremlins is also a horror movie in its own right. But I also like that. Oh, I like that they have kind of this nice blend of yeah. holiday, Christmas, you know, Christmas music and Christmas stuff happening with this horror element. Yep. And that's just 
it's so charming to me because it's like two of my favorite things put together. Exactly. That's why I I love this, and I I would put this on a loop every holiday. This is absolutely one of the movies that I would watch every holiday. So, um, so with that, you know, let's go over ratings. What what's your rating for Krampus? I would have to say an A. No, probably A plus. A plus. So flawless victory. Flawless victory. I'm gonna give Krampus an A. Mm-hmm. A, a buy it because I own it. So it's exactly. only, and you know it's it's only fitting because I it's a movie you know, what for a movie to make into my top ten of any kind of top ten category, a big factor in that is is it rewatchable? Can I come back to it? Do I am I willingly able and do I desire to return to it because it gives me some sort of you know like feeling or some sort of release from seeing it? And Krampus does that for me. Yeah, I can um, agree to that. Not every Christmas movie I've seen, I can say, does that. And so because of that, Krampus has this very special significance. And it belongs in a place that I can like catalog it with other films that give me that same kind of feeling. Right. So it's not a perfect, a perfect film. And I do have some grievances and gripes with it. But overall, I like, I, I'll go back to it every year. Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay. Awesome. Love this movie. Good. Me too. That's, uh, that's why I have it on DVD. <laughs> fair enough. I was determined that we were going to get through this movie. Hello. <laughs> Grace is also... Speaking of, of me saying hello, I'm saying hello to Grace's uh, camera because she's also YouTubing. What do you want to plug, Grace? Well, my name is Grace Victoria on YouTube. I am a YouTuber. Uh, freshly started youtuber uh you guys can actually check out this video um i'm gonna actually um post a few of these clips that i'm you know shooting right here all but you guys will have to go all the way to john's podcast obviously where we're at right now (laughs) to hear the whole thing because i'm only putting up clips on my youtube channel but this is kind of like a promo yeah so All right. So, okay. Well, Grace, thanks for being a guest on my show. I've really enjoyed chatting a great movie with you. Absolutely. We got to do this again sometime. We do. You and I are the horror buffs of the family, I think. We are. Yeah. So, awesome. I just, again, thanks again for stopping by. uh, And everyone go subscribe to your channel. What's your channel's name? Grace Grace Victoria. Victoria. Okay. (laughs) And what's what's some of the content you're making on over there? Um, unfortunately, it's it's a brand new channel, so there's a lot that I'm kind of like playing with uh, okay. right now. There's a few vlogs up of my, you know, me getting my braces. It was so fun. Um, you know, decorating Christmas, just a bunch of random stuff at the moment because I haven't really found, uh, you know, the foundation of what I want this channel to be. Um, I'm really looking into getting more into the por- parent. Hello, what was I going to say? The paranormal side, supernatural side of YouTube, just because that's where that's where my interest lies. That's where I'm from. That's why I'm actually starting off with this these few clips of the podcast because horror, um, paranormal, supernatural, you know, that side of things, of life in general is, is where I pique my interest the most. But we just, I just haven't gotten there yet. It's still a work in progress. Like okay. I said, it's a brand new channel. So... 
there's there's still a lot of more work need to be done right now these are just videos to kind of like intro my life okay so. cool cool well i i'll vouch for you i think you're pretty cool thank you so and i subscribe to your channel i appreciate it you're welcome all right guys well this has been uh blood sweat and popcorn if you guys like krampus let us know follow me on twitter follow me on instagram go like the facebook page you know let me know email me bsp film podcast at gmail you know we'll we'll, we'll talk we'll talk set something up and we'll you know we'll keep this thing interesting and if um, you jump over to my channel comment down below where you came from came from bsp comment down you know what you thought of the movie there too awesome and i have some other big exciting news but i'm gonna save it for my last uh episode for 2020 uh so if you want to know what that is if you've made it this far in this episode a thank you so much b be patient that next episode will be out very shortly after this one and tune in for that one yeah all right dun, dun, dun. all right see y'all bye bye Thanks so much for my sister for being on the show. She and I have been trying to make this happen for a while. Being states away from each other has made that a bit of a challenge. So it was nice we could finally make it happen. But what about you? Did you like Krampus? Find me on all of the social media apps out there and let me know what you thought of Krampus. Or let me know what's your favorite holiday or horror movie that's your go-to for this time of the year as promised there is one more blood sweat and popcorn episode left this year i want to thank all of you who have listened here in 2020 and i hope you will continue to do so in 2021 i do have some stuff happening next year but that'll be featured in the next episode so until then thanks for stopping by and as always take care guys